Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. promises that God has given us and I've simply got super creative and I titled the message today promises like I really went all out and and um, that's the title of the message today and I want you to know that at the beginning like before I say anything else I want you to know that you my friend are on a spiritual journey even if you're here and you're just like you know what I really don't know if I believe in God once again Um, You know, the only reason why I'm here is because I'm in town. Mom or dad or somebody goes to this church and they were like, this is very important and we're all going to go. No questions. And you're here and you're just like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I believe. Listen, to to every single person, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, you're on a spiritual journey, whether you know it or not. It was like the one person that told me one day and they were like, you know, I don't even know if I believe in all that God stuff. I'm like, that's totally fine. But one day you will believe one day you will believe whether you believe in him or not. It doesn't mean that your belief system, you know, makes him somehow just go away. If you don't believe in him, the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So whether you receive him now while you have the ability or not, or you, you, know, you deny him, there is a time in, in, in the span of all times that you are going to come face to face with your creator. And I promise you, that that will happen, whether you believe it or not. And so you're on a spiritual journey, and I just want you to know that the promises that I'm going to share with you today, even though they were started 3,500 years ago, they're still as real today as they were on the first day when God shared them or Moses shared them uh, with the children of Israel, God's people. And so so we're going to be taking a look today at Exodus chapter 6 initially, and then we're going to go back and we're going to develop some of the backstory in Exodus chapter 5. I'm going to give you some homework this week. I'm encouraging you, read at least Exodus chapter 5 in its entirety and Exodus chapter 6 sometime this week. But it would do you well just to read Exodus 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, right? And, 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 and you're going to read this and you're just like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy was kind of talking about this and, and that. And it will fill in some of the gaps. Somebody say fill in the gaps. Somebody say fill in the gaps. We need the gaps filled in. All right. All right. So Exodus chapter six. This is the Moses story is what I like to call it. And this is about a time when the children of Israel or God's kids were in slavery they were enslaved and they were, they were in bondage. Somebody say bondage. And so Moses shares this promise with them. They had been in slavery for 430 years, 430 years. And they were crying out to God because they hated the situation that they were in. And the voice of their prayers, the voice of their cries went up to the Lord. And God told Moses, this is after the burning bush experience, Come on, some of you have seen the cartoon and all that, or, or you know, uh, you, you've heard the story multiple times, but it's after the burning bush experience. Moses says, listen, I'm going to use you. I want you to deliver this message to my people. So this is it right here. Here's the promises. Are you ready? Somebody say, here they are. 
Exodus chapter 6 says this, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And so number one, like the first promise is this. The first promise is, 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 is I will bring you out. God's not interested in you praying more. God's not interested in you paying more, meaning giving more of your money. God's not interested in you stopping smoking God's not interested in you stopping drinking. Like, these are not the first things. These things happen down the road. But the very first thing that the Lord wants to do is says, listen, I've got to change your position. I've got to change your, your, your placement. I've got to bring you out. Before I do anything else, I've got to bring you out. Somebody say, bring you out. I just absolutely love that. I need to get you outside of your current condition. And if you don't know what your current condition is, let me tell you what your current condition is. Slavery and bondage. Slavery and bondage. Come on, I'm talking to some people. I might be talking to some liars. I don't know. I'm not a liar. I'll tell you, there have been some things in my life that I did not want to be enslaved to and bound by, but I was enslaved to them and bound by. And guess what? Sometimes those things even creep up on me today, right? Somebody here knows what I'm talking about. There's some things that you didn't want to do, but you found yourself doing them anyway. And you would do anything to not do them. And I'm just telling you this, that every single person deals with something in the area of slavery and bondage. And God is saying, listen, I got the answer. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you out. I don't know where that came from. First service didn't get that. I promise you if I had a third service, I would never do that again. That was terrible. Absolutely terrible. The second thing that the Lord shows us is, I will free you. And some of you might be saying, well, I thought that that was number one. I thought kind of freedom was in God bringing you out of a situation. While that has a little bit of truth to it, how many of you know that you can come out of Egypt but still have a little bit of Egypt inside of you? I'm telling you what, some of you guys have been delivered from some radical things, but you still have the mentality of a slave. You still find yourself enslaved to certain thinking, still desiring, come on, to maybe even go back to some of the, the vomit that the Lord has brought you out of. Amen? And so you can be delivered, you can be brought out, but you can still have the mentality of a slave. And I'm just telling you this, that God wants to bring you to a place of complete freedom because the Bible says that he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? See, listen, you can still be going to heaven, but still be dealing with issues. I'm talking about people that are really struggling still today with your sin nature. How many of you know this? You got two natures. You got the, if you're born again, you got the spirit of God that lives inside of you. Amen. The same spirit that raised Jesus out of that tomb is the same spirit that lives in you and me. But it doesn't mean that everything is shifted and changed. You still got the old flesh. You got the fleshly desires. Come on, the, the brokenness that if you are not feeding the spirit, then you will fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. But if you're walking in the spirit, the 
Bible says, you will not fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh. Come on, God's saying, listen, I want to deliver you. I want, I want to bring you out from that place, and I want to free you. The third promise is this, I will redeem you. Somebody say redeem. redeem. Say redeem again. Redeem. The Bible it talks about redemption, and redemption means to put you back to its original intent. See, God created you on purpose and for purpose. The Bible says that you were created for such a time as this. So it is not by accident that you find yourself alive and well and living in 2021. As crazy as that may seem, like, listen, Shane, you were created for such a time as this. God said, I need that guy, come on, to be hooked up with these guys to do something that cannot be done unless that guy is involved and a part of it. See, you are created on purpose and for purpose, not just to kind of do whatever, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. What's sad is so many people don't even know what their purpose is. And I'm just telling you this, that God wants you to know what your purpose is. See, some of the problem is, is we ask the wrong person or the wrong people group, man, I'm just really struggling with my purpose. What do you think it is? And they're just like, man, I don't know. What do you like to do? You know what I mean? Whatever you like to do, God, that's probably has everything to do with you. Oh, I'm really good with people. I think you're supposed to deal with people. And so, so we walk away from situations and conversations not really having an idea what it is that God has created us for because we're not going to the Lord. Or we go to the Lord. Hey, Lord, what's my purpose? And then we just stop asking because either A, he gives us a, a destination or, or, or he gives us representation or he identifies what it is that we are created for but we don't like it or we don't hear it. And so we stop asking. I'm telling you what, you need to go to the Lord and find out what it is that you were created for. There's two great days that happen in every person's life. First of all, the day that they were born. Somebody say amen. Anybody got any birthdays in the month of April? Birthdays, birthday babies in the month. Raise them up. It's a celebration. <laughs> Happy birthday. No, I'm not going to do that. But that's the first great day, the day that you come to a place of like, you know what, I was born. I, I exist. This is a day to celebrate. I'm fixing to welcome. Ashley hates this. I talk about her and Bo all the time. But I'm fixing to welcome my second grandchild. Little girl. Little girl. Still don't know what the name's going to be yet. I'll probably give her a great little nickname that they won't like. But it's coming. It's coming real soon. And that's exciting, right? The second great day that takes place is the day that you understand what your purpose is or why you were born. So it's a great day when you're born, and it's a great day when you come to the understanding, wow, man, this is why I was born. And, and I really found my place, and, and this is super exciting. The fourth promise is this, I will take you as my people. So up until this point, God is talking about individuals. It's about you, and it's about you, and it's about you, and this is what I'm going to do for you. But then he shifts gears on all of this, and he says, listen, I'm going to bring you in, and I'm going to make you a part of my family. And so God begins to connect you to his family. Come on, the family of God. And he strategically puts you in relationship with certain people for a certain reason. And I don't know why we ever got away from this, but we got away from, we got away from being planted in the house of the Lord by the Lord. 
I know there's several several uh, conversations or situations where I've I've recently had with people, and people have told me like like this is not my background, and and us being connected to a church like this. I mean. This is completely different than, than any church that we've ever been a part of. But for some reason, God has placed us and positioned us here on purpose and for a reason. And let me tell you what, while I may not know the whole purpose, I do know this, that God is intentional. It's because you have something that we need and we have something that you need. That's the beautiful, uh, perfect relationship. Amen? And so we are, we, we are a funny people. We're just like, well, you know, that person goes to that church, and I really don't like that person. So I'm just going to go down the road, and, and I'm just going to go find a different church. Or, you know, somebody hurts your feelings, and they do something terrible. You're just like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm just, I'm just. See, cancel culture has found its way into the church. Cancel culture. I'm telling you, we got to be planted and positioned where we're planted and positioned by God. Amen? Why? Because he brings you into the family, and there is something that somebody else has that you need, and there's something that you have that somebody else needs, and it's all intentional. Praise God. I believe that there's a lot of people in our world today, they are simply in the wrong place. And God has a great way of getting them in the right place, but that's a tragedy. Socialists even agree. Socialists, they don't even believe in God. They agree that the highest level of living is whenever you make a difference in the lives of others. When you partner with somebody else and you're a part of something bigger, this is why I believe every single person on the planet should at least go on one short-term mission trip. 10, 11 days. If you can only give seven Give seven. But what you're going to find is you're going to build relationship with the people that you go. And all of you collectively are going to do something greater than any one of you could do on your own. Oh, and by the way, you're going to realize that that mission trip really wasn't so much about you going and being a blessing as much as it was God showing you and blessing you, um, you know, for going. It happens every single time I go. I'm just like, I don't think I deposited anything, but I'm sure coming back a lot more rich than the way I went. Amen? And so I encourage you to do that. The Bible says, then I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. You know what a pet peeve of mine is? I got many pet peeves. Chewing ice is one of them. Please do not chew ice in my presence. I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind. I will lose my salvation momentarily. People that chew with their mouth wide open, showing all that food inside their mouth. That's a big pet peeve of mine. I want everybody in here right now to close your eyes and go back to your mother when you were three years old telling you don't, don't chew with your mouth wide open. Anybody got a pet peeve you'd like to share since we're on this train? Anybody? There's got to be one. What? Huh? Smack and gum. Smack and gum. Being late. I knew that one was coming. Who, who said that? Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, Easter Sunday. Don't pee on the toilet seat. All right, we got to shift. A pet peeve of mine, a pet peeve of mine is when people make Christianity something that it's not. 
There's a lot of people that believe that they know what Christianity is all about. I'll tell you a story just real quick. Um, I was doing a funeral, maybe this was a couple of months ago, and we had some guys come in that were a part of the funeral service, and there was one guy that really just came in, and, 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 and he came in broken and hurt. You know, hurt people hurt people, you know that, right? And so, so anyway, right off of the bat, he, I was like, hey, I'm the pastor of the church, man, welcome, can I do anything for you guys? And, and right off the bat, he, was, he, was, he looked at an opportunity, I'm going to mess with this pastor guy. And he was like, man, you just better be thankful that the, the ceiling hasn't caved in yet. You know, I'm like, yeah, well, here we go, I've heard, I've heard. That. And then he, he took it for he's like, I don't, and he was talking to me, and he was really just letting me know that he doesn't believe in in God or and, and in fact he was alluding to the idea that Christianity is really it's it's really for weak-minded people you know what that's so cute that you just need something just to believe in you know because you're not strong enough by yourself like I am and I'm, I've just heard it I've heard it I've heard it and I'm just listening and he just he just at the end of it yeah I, he, I don't think he was getting the rise that he really wanted to get out of me and so he said you know what I just, honestly, it just drives me crazy. I don't even, I hate religion. I said, me too. I hate religion too. And he was like, he just kind of stepped back a little bit. I said, I absolutely hate. In fact, let me tell you a time where I was really hating religion. I was hating religion so bad. But then Jesus showed up. And Jesus began to love me. And I just fell in love with Jesus. And I said, you know what I believe? If you knew Jesus like I knew Jesus, I believe that you would fall in love with him too. And he was just like frustrated, walked away, you know. And then I know this. I know this because there were other people that had similar conversations with this individual. But I'm just telling you this, that sometimes people just don't know what Christianity is all about. They thought that Christianity was just for people that like to come to church all the time. That's not what it is. It's absolutely not what it is. So there's four things real quickly just to reiterate that God wants. Number one, God wants to save you. This is about the word salvation. Salvation. Say salvation. It's not about joining a church. It's not about having your name on a roster. It's not about giving a certain amount of your money. It's not about, it's not about doing good works. The Bible said it's by grace you are saved through faith. Somebody repeat with me. Not of works. Meaning you can't be good enough lest anyone boasts. Because if it was of works, then we would be like, I work just a little bit more than you did. That means that I'm a little bit better than you did, you know, than you are. And I'm just saying that, that it's not by any of those things. God saved you. He desires to save you if you're not saved solely because he loves you. And it's beautiful. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, guess what? You will be. You will be. Yeah, it's beautiful. You mean that's all I got to do is just believe and, and confess? Yes, absolutely. So God wants to save you. The second thing is, is God wants you to experience freedom. This is the word deliverance. Now, we get weird at the word deliverance. Some of you guys, you go to the banjo. Ding, 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 ding. You know what I'm saying? We get funky weird about the word deliverance. But all God wants to do is he wants to set you free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed, right? 
And so some of us are frustrated because that's what the promise says, but I'm not walking in freedom. And I'm just saying the freedom is available for you. Amen? He has done everything to, to give you the freedom that he desires for you to have. Number three is to put you back to your original intent. This word is restoration. And number four is this. God wants to, you to live a life of fulfillment. See, fulfillment is not just something that is out there. It's like pie in the sky. Like, listen, God really wants you to, to live a fulfilled life. Can I tell you what a fulfilled life is? A fulfilled life is a life that is poured out. You know what I think, like, really one of the biggest tragedies of all tragedy is, and it doesn't matter if you lived a life of 20 years, you know, I don't know why some people are given a short period of time and other people are given, you know, they'll live to 105. But regardless, if you've lived 20 years or 105 years, the biggest tragedy is for somebody to come to the end of their life and they're filled up. Meaning they're full. They haven't, they haven't poured out their life. And I'm telling you what, fulfillment is the exact opposite of what you think. Like you would think that fulfillment has everything to do with just mine, 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 me, me, me. It's all about what I can, you know, what I can get, what I can do. But fulfillment really is when your life is poured out. Come on, to serve other people, to give to other people. And God wants your time, He wants your talents, He wants your gifts, and He wants your, he wants your willingness. Amen? I love that. Don't get to the end of your life completely full. So today we're going to talk about number one. I'm not going to go through all of those, but God wants to bring you out. Somebody say, bring you out. We're going to go all the way back to Exodus chapter 5, and I'm going to set this up for you. So when... God's children, the children of Israel, when they went to Egypt, come on, they went there because there was a famine in the land. And I want you to read about Joseph and, 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 and how he was positioned for such a time as that and how God used his positioning not only to save his family, but to, but to you know, save Egypt and then all of the Jews that, or the Israelites that, you know, that, that, were, that were there. And so this first Pharaoh that they served under, man, he, you know, he was awesome. The Pharaoh was a king, and so he was incredible. All the, all the children of Israel, man, they had homes, and they lived in harmony with the Egyptians, and, and they all got along, and they had plenty of food, and, and all of this was just wonderful. But then... That king died and a new king, you know, came about. He came into office and the hand of the Lord, the favor of the Lord was on the children of Israel and they were reproducing like crazy. You know, one way to grow a church is to have lots of babies. I love that, right? You just have lots of babies. How many of you love babies? How many are you going to have some more babies so that we can... All right. No, 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 no. You're, how many are you going to trust in the next guy? <laughs> You're like, no, I ain't gonna, I'm not doing that no more. I already did that. Yeah, grandkids, that's exactly right. More and more grandkids. But this Pharaoh began to look around, and he was like, man, oh, man, these, these, these guys are growing so fast, and they're, they're going to take us over. And so what do you do whenever you're afraid of something, when you don't understand something? You control it, right? And so this guy took all of the children of Israel, come on, the Israelites, and, 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 and he enslaved them. He put them in mud pits. 
And he made them create bricks and make bricks. And so now we've got some of the, the wonders of the world that are still present today from the time when these guys were enslaved making the pyramids and all the other things in Egypt. Like you could go there today and see the work of these, of these, of these people. And so, so Pharaoh enslaved them. He put them in these mud pits. And I just want you to know the demon spirit of slavery is still alive today. You know what I mean? We're trying to figure out how to, you know, you know, how to deal with equality and all of these things. And I'm just telling you, there, there's a spirit behind one person, come on, feeling like they're better than another person and controlling that person. And, and slavery is this. To be a slave means to be submitted to a dominating influence. And I'm just telling you this, that you don't have to be a slave to a person. You can be enslaved to a thing. Once again, man, there were times, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I was an alcoholic. I've been delivered from it. Praise God. Amen. But there was a time where my wife and I, man, we used to love going to the clubs, and we used to love to go dance. And, and I was one of those guys because we had a ton of garbage that came from that alcohol. And I would tell my wife, you ask her, I would tell her, I promise you, I promise you, I promise, I promise, I promise, promise, promise. I will only have three beers tonight. I promise I will only have three beers. And we would go out, and that was my full intention to have three beers. But it never ended at three beers. Not once could I control and could I stop. And so I'm just telling you that I was enslaved to that. I've, I've been enslaved to many things. I remember trying to quit smoking. The only way that I could... I could quit smoking. You couldn't, when I was in the Marine Corps, you couldn't smoke when you were out in the jungle on patrol. It'd give your, your, your position away. And so I'm like, man, I had to get creative. The only way that I could stop smoking is to chew Copenhagen. So you turn one nasty habit over for another nasty habit. And I'm telling you what, that nicotine was just as hard for me to quit as anything's been hard for me to quit. And so, man, I understand addiction. I understand being a slave to something, to not want to do something, but find yourself doing it over and over and over again, even promising the loved ones that are in your family, I promise you I'm going to get better. I promise you I'm going to get better. Listen, you may have tried every single thing, but I'm telling you the only thing that, that changed my life was Jesus Christ and him crucified. And God brought me out from that, amen? And I'm not a slave and bound to it anymore but I'm telling you I could not do it by myself call me weak or whatever it is that you want to call me it doesn't matter because I'm set free today amen because of his goodness and his glory in my life but slavery demands how you live a slave is a transient that wants to go places but can't go anywhere the Bible says in John chapter 8 and 34 Jesus said it like this I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead-end life and is, in fact, a slave. And so once again, you thought that salvation was just for people that wanted to go to church more and they really enjoyed church. But I'm telling you what, salvation is for anybody that is bound and enslaved to something. And I'm just saying this, that you might be thinking that you're only a few in the room that is bound and enslaved, but I think there's a whole lot more. Because while nobody else knows what it is that you're going through, when you lay your head down on your pillow at night, 
You know where you are. You know the darkness. You know the struggles. You know the sorrow. You know the shame. And I'm just saying this, that God has an answer for all of that. Amen? Amen. So salvation is for you. So the second thing that this next Pharaoh did is he said, I'm going to murder. He started looking around at all of the, the you know, the, the, the Israelites as they're, they're multiplying so fast. And so his answer was this. His answer was to kill all the baby boys. And do you know why he chose to kill all the baby boys? He chose to kill the baby boys because he needed to destroy the potential that was inside of them. And I'm just saying this. I did, a, I did a little research. I got it wrong in first service. I did a little research. And there's roughly, and I'm not going political here. Just know me. I want you to hear my heart. This isn't, this isn't a political message. But I'm just telling you what the spirit of, of, of the demonic spirit of God robbing us and our children from their potential is still alive today. 56 million babies are aborted every single year. And I'm just saying this, that we need to recognize who's behind that. God says, listen, I have come to give you life and life abundantly. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Which spirit do you think is behind abortion? Now listen, I want to stop for a second because I know for a fact, no question, in a room this size, there are women and men that have said, yes, abortion is the, is the answer. Listen, the Bible says in Romans that there is no shame and and there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And so I'm not sharing this to make you feel bad, to make you feel sorry. I'm not, make, I'm not sharing this to, to, you know, just to grind on you a little bit. But let me just talk to you. If you, ma'am, or you, sir, have been a part of saying this is the decision that we need to make. Listen, you have a voice. You have a voice to the next generation. You have a voice to the next person that says, listen, I'm contemplating ending this. Why? Because I'm afraid. I don't know how I can. I can barely take care of myself right now. There's no way. And so you being a voice of reason and the devil's going to tell you, listen, you can't speak to that because you've done had an abortion. How can you speak to that? That's a lie. That's an absolute lie, because if that was the truth, then I couldn't be up here preaching to you and teaching to you about Jesus Christ because I was the best sinner that I knew. How can I stand up here? What a hypocrite that guy is. Do you know the life that he's lived, the poor decisions that he's made? You may not know, but I got good friends that do. But guess what? God has done something. And just because that's who I was, it doesn't mean who, it's who I am. And it doesn't mean that people cannot benefit, be a benefactor of what it is that I have learned. Right? What it is that I have learned. So listen, ma'am, you, if you've made that decision, listen, sir, if you've been a part of making that decision, you have a voice. Come on to help the next person. Do not be silent. Because I'm telling you, the spirit behind abortion is the devil wanting to destroy the potential. Come on, that is in that child. That is in that child. Amen. So the same thing is true today. Some of you would say, you know what? I've had potential that I feel has been stopped in me. 
I want to just take a moment. I, I know for a fact I've got some friends that I served with in the Marine Corps that are watching this service, and certainly I've got some people that I went to high school with. Come on, go Umatilla Vikings class of 1990. Yut! Oh, no, no? Umatilla, Oregon, in the house. Whoop! No? Just me? All right. Anyway, I can tell you this. That anybody that I went to high school with and anybody that I served in the Marine Corps with would tell you and that you can just say amen or he's telling the truth. If you're texting online, whatever. If I'm lying, tell me I'm lying. But they would tell you that Travis Turner would be the last person on the planet that I would think would be a pastor. I promise you, I promise you, like I was the last guy. Listen, I had some tremendous insecurities in high school. I had some, I had some tremendous insecurities growing up in grade school. I was afraid. I was more concerned about being ignorant in front of my friends, like saying something stupid, being laughed at, not being liked and appreciated. And so what I would do is I would shrink back in the shadows and not say anything. Like I was okay one-on-one, -on -one, but still wasn't very much of a conversationalist. And I was always like, I was always calculated. Boy, if they say this, I'm going to give them this canned answer. And then if they say this, I'm going to say this. And that, that's good, right? That's good, right? I'm having this conversation. So everything that I said, there was no value in what I said. It only had to do with how I was going to come across to whoever it was that I was trying to be accepted by. So I became, uh, that's when I started drinking. That was the very reason why I started drinking at a young age, because alcohol Gave me the don't cares. I could be anything that anybody wanted me to be. If I needed to be the funny guy, I would be that. If I needed to be the serious person, I could be that. And that's where my road to addiction started. It started because of a grave insecurity that I had. But guess what? Go all the way back when I was eight years old. The Lord, the Lord told me at an altar similar to this that, Travis, I've got a plan for your life and I'm real. So now I'm living this life. God has shown himself to me personally. I'm real and I got a plan for your life, but I'm not experiencing any life, any freedom whatsoever. In fact, I have lost my complete identity. I'm telling you what, I felt like a loser. I felt like a fake. Every single time that I laid my head down on, on my pillow, I, 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 I felt empty. And then God saved me. Amen? And so I'm sharing with you that if you feel like you have lost potential or, or potential that's been blocked, I understand it. I understand where you're at. And if that is you, I'm telling you, you're in a perfect position for a miracle. Because God has got greatness in store for you. How crazy is it? The kid that was insecure and could only get through with alcohol now, I, 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 it, there could be 10,000 people here. I would not care. See, God takes, he takes the weakness of a person and he says, listen, I'm going to show off a little bit. Like this doesn't have anything to do with the person, but I'm going to show off and I'm going to, I'm going to show up and I'm going to show, come on, there's anointing and a power in a, in a life that is simply yielded to me. That's it.
And guess what? He loves you just as much as he loves me. And if he's done it for me, he will do it for you. Amen? And nothing is lost. Come on, that's better than you. That's better. That's better. That's better. All right. Number three is this. Pharaoh required them to collect their own straw. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but they spent three, they spent 12 hours a day, sun up, sun down, making these bricks. And then all of a sudden, Moses comes along, puts more pressure on Pharaoh. So Pharaoh puts more pressure on the children of Israel. And he says, okay, fine. Listen, you're going to go out and you're going to collect your own straw now. And so they had to get up earlier. And I'm just saying this, that that spirit is still alive today. We'll just keep them super busy because when they're super busy, they make poor decisions. When they're super busy, they can't be effective. When they're super tired and busy, they can't collaborate. They can't get together. And so it's another form of control. And I'm just telling you this, that we live in a day and a time where we're more busy, but we're getting less done, it seems like. Or at least we're getting less done of the things that really matter. And this is the other thing. Your tiredness may not be associated with your inability to find rest because rest really is not about having more time because if rest was all about just having more time, then you guys would have come through COVID just championed up. You know what I'm saying? You had all kinds of time, right? You guys, have you ever been on vacation and, and, and the vacation's done and you're still tired? See, if it was just having more time, but it's a spiritual condition. I'm telling you what, you can meet somebody else that they're always busy, they're always moving, they're always shaking, they're always serving, they're always happy, like it's a real happiness, a real joy, because they have a rest that is spiritual in nature. Come on, a rest that, that really affects their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions. Amen? God wants you to have that rest. That's enough of that. We're going to close with this. John chapter 10 and verse 10. Well, we're going to work at closing with this. John 10 and 10 says this. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says that I have come that you might have life and have it to its full. Once again, I'm not talking about a myth. I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm talking about something that is relevant and real. And it's available to you. Having a fulfilled life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Don't check out on me yet. Don't check. I see yawning and stuff like that. Don't yawn. The Lord is watching. No, he's not watching. I'm going to do cartwheels up here if I have to. Don't yawn on me. All right. I Take me to the emergency room. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. And so I want to take you back to Good Friday, like two days ago, right? This is Easter Sunday. He rose from the grave. Good Friday, he was hanging on a cross, right? Before he died, he said, it is finished. And I want you to know that it is finished represents so much. It represents everything that you need it to represent. If you've got depression, it is finished. Come on, if you've got anxiety, it is finished. If you've got hopelessness, it is finished. 
Come on, if you feel like you're in a dead-end road, it is finished. It's finished by the cross of Jesus Christ. Whatever it is that you need, come on, Jesus died for that thing, amen, to set you free. And then when he came back alive on the third day, when he came out of that tomb, when he rose again, it was so that you too can step into life again. You can come out from that dead space. And so while you're here on Resurrection Sunday, God doesn't want you just to view it. He doesn't want you to think about a resurrection. He wants you to experience it. And so I just pray right now that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, would just begin to move on you and just open your eyes and your ears till you come to a place of saying, you know what? I can have that. God died. He promised. He gave it to me. And by faith, I just begin to receive it. I pray right now that the Lord would just be doing that all over this place. You came in here empty. You're going to leave a little bit different. I believe that. Amen. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 says this. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven and the future Starts now. Listen, God wants to bring you out. Pay attention just real quick. I felt like a third grade teacher just right then. Pay attention. Listen, listen to me. You, if you don't get anything else, get this. God wants to bring you out from your current situation. He wants to bring you out. Now, listen, you can remain there if you want. You don't have to come out. I want to be really honest with you just real quick. I'm going to get real serious with you for a second, okay? Zero joking. About a year ago, the Lord began to work on my heart about funerals. I do a lot of funerals. I, 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 I'm honored to be able to do funerals because I get to be a voice to the family at one of the lowest points that they, that they, might, they, they, they might be in in their, in their whole life. So it's a real honor to be able to do this. But the Lord started really working on me. Travis, every single funeral, and I know many people, you know, because the funeral is not for the person that's passed, the funeral's for the people that are living. And you know, every single funeral, this is the thing that we say. We say this all the time. Well, they're in a better place. Well, they're, they're with the Lord. And I just, I have to be clean with you right now. I, I, we're not at a funeral, so I want to be clean with you. Listen to me. Not everybody goes to heaven. In fact, you cannot read the Bible and come to a place that everybody goes to heaven. In fact, if you were going to be honest, the Bible shows us that there's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. People are trying to get there by giving enough money. When you talk to people, hey, listen, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? They were like, oh, of course I would go to heaven. Why would you go to heaven? Well, because I'm just, I'm a good person. There's none good. In your best righteousness, you are filthy rags. There is only one way to heaven. That is not through just believing that Jesus Christ existed. It is through having a personal relationship with him. That is the only way that you get to heaven. 
And I can be so bold and confident right now because we're not at a funeral service. I'm sharing with you right now that it matters the decisions that you make and it matters who you choose to live for while you're here on the earth. Listen, he gave himself. The Bible says that nobody killed him even though they put him on the cross. He said, I lay my life down willfully so that anybody that believes in me would live and have that abundant life. Amen. But guess what? You're going to stand before God at some point, And I believe this. I don't know if it's going to be just like this, but this is a question. I think that it's going to be similar to this. I don't know. I could be totally wrong. But I believe we're going to be asked a question similar to. I gave everything for you. What did you do with it? And I'm telling you what? Well, I was a good person or I gave a lot of money or I went to church every once in a while or. Or just, you know, I was a spiritual person or or I followed Buddha or I followed Muhammad or I, you know what I mean? I'm, I was a really good meditator and and all this. And I'm just telling you this, that not everybody goes to heaven. The only way church and if this is offensive, I'm sorry. But I'm going to offend you. I don't want to offend you, but this is offensive. The only way that you go to heaven is if you know Jesus Christ. And you have a personal relationship with him. And I am begging you to consider those things today. To consider what is my relationship like with the Lord. Because you can shift that baby today. Right? You can, you can, it, can ha- it can change today. One day, one moment changed every single person that is saved and has a relationship. There was one day different from all the other days. And they just said, listen, I surrender. I believe. All right, so two questions that I'm going to leave you with today. Number one, how did we get here? And when I say how did we get here, how did we get to a place of slavery and bondage? How did we end up here? Because none of us wanted to be where we're at. And can I tell you this, that every single person deals with slavery and bondage. Don't think that there's anybody here that that is exempt from this question. So how do you get to the place of being a slave and being bound. How did you get here? Maybe it was something that happened in your upbringing. Maybe somebody hurt you in the church. Maybe you were just raised in a family that said all that God stuff is just whacked out and, 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 and it's, just, it's for weak people. How did you get here? How did you, how did you arrive? The second question that I want to ask is how do you come out? See, how you arrive you may not have had a lot of control over, but maybe you just made bad decisions and you arrived in that place. I don't know. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When I look at the children of Israel, I can promise you this. It started out pretty good. They were in Egypt. You know what I mean? They had food. They had, they had housing. They had harmony. And then all of a sudden, there was a drift. Maybe this morning you're here and you're just like, you know what? I was close but I just kind of drifted. And now I look up in my life. I, I never thought I would be here. I never, I never saw this coming. You've drifted. The second question is, how do you come out from there? How do you come out from the slavery and bondage? Is it giving more money? Is it, is it serving more? Is it having your name on a roster at a church? Is it punching a time clock? Is it like, listen, if there's four weekends in a month, if you come to church like two and then you serve, you know what, you're a little bit better than halfway. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like, is it all of that? No. The way that you come out is you simply, somebody say, take a step. Somebody say, take a step. That's all you have to do. He's done everything else. You take a step and you come into a place of agreement with what he says that he has done. You take a step. Taking a step is repenting of my sins. God, I am a sinner. You know it. I know it. I've been pretty good at letting other people know that I'm a pretty good guy. But God, you know there is nothing good in me. Please forgive me of my sins. God, I believe that you died on a cross for me. I can't work out this thing. In fact, your, your Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that anybody, anybody, that means you and you and you and me. That means the worst person that you have ever met in your entire life. If anybody would believe on me, they would not perish, but have everlasting life. So you take a step, right? You take a step. The third thing that you have to do is you have to release it. You got to let go of it. Well, Pastor, what do you got to let go of? You got to let go of the very thing that you continue to hold on to. And you know what it is. When nobody else knows what it is, you know what it is. You know the one thing that continues to make you trip up, stumble, and fall. It might be alcohol, it might be pornography, it might be an attitude. You may hate men. You may have been abused. You may, you may have a poor attitude. You might have a negative spirit. You might be contentious. You might be bitter. You might feel like you're going to pay everybody back for the pain that you've been dealt in this life. You may feel let down. Whatever it is that is that continues to, when you lay your head down at night and you know you better than anybody else knows you, whatever that thing is, you've got to let it go. Well, I can't let it go because there's some, there's some enjoyment. You know, maybe it's sleeping around. Maybe it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's multiple relationships. You're always looking for the next thing. I can't let it go. That's the only thing that brings peace in my life. No, that is the very thing that continues to destroy your life. It's the very thing that you mark and you're just like, man, if this thing was gone, honestly, if I was going to be honest with myself, my life would be so much better and I would be so much further down the road. See, you've got to let it go. You've got to release that thing. You've got to let it go. You've got a grip on it and it continues to rob from you and steal from you, but you're always creating space. It's like, you know what? I'll let it go a little bit, but then I might bring it back. Ah! Uh, and then I'll bring it back a little bit. And you, you do this back and forth. You got to come out from that place. You got to let it go. There's a, there's a real thing. It's called a monkey trap. I was in the Philippines for a couple of years when I was stationed in the Corps. And monkeys are like all over the place. And I remember like when I first went to the Philippines and I was going out to the Naval Magazine in the jungle just to 
you know, to go on my first patrols and all of that. And I'm driving through this triple canopy jungle and there's these monkeys and I'm like, I'm a Marine, right? I'm, oh, the cute, the cute little monkey. <laughs> oh, that's so, I want a monkey. I thought that was the coolest thing, like live monkeys, not in a cage. I learned to hate those monkeys because you would be out on a six-day patrol, five-day, four-day patrol. You'd, be, you'd have all your stuff with your water, your MREs, meals ready to eat. And I'm telling you what, those monkeys were so smart. They knew what the good things were in the MRE, and they knew what the bad things were, and they would steal them faster from you. You, you would just let your guard down for a second, man. They would snatch your MREs. They would have them open, and they would leave you all the garbage, and they would take all the good stuff. They got these things called monkey traps. And a monkey trap is this. You take a can... You put some weight in the bottom of a can and then you drill a hole, just a, a small hole so that they can stick their hand in the hole. You put something really shiny in the bottom of the can and they, it, it's, it's attractive to them. So they reach down into the can and they, they grab hold of that object, but the hole's not big enough as they have that object in their hand to pull their hand out of the hole. And so they're trapped when all they have to do is simply just release it and let it go. All they had to do is release it. And so what happens is, is these monkeys are trapped and they're enslaved. They're put in cages and they're put on display, you know, for tourists. But sometimes it is to their very demise, meaning that they will be trapped by that monkey trap and it will be the very thing that kills them. Somebody come along and whack them on the head. And I'm just saying this, that we would think that we're much smarter than monkeys. But the truth is, sometimes we hold on to the very thing that brings about the pain and destruction in our life. And I'm just asking you, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, let it go. Let it go. Let it go and trust God. The reason why we don't let it go is because we come to a place where we feel like God can't give us anything better than what that thing is. And I'm telling you, if you will trust him, he will show you. Amen. I'm asking you today two questions to two different people. The first question is this. Maybe you find yourself here and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never received him as your Lord and Savior ever. You're just like, wow, I just came. I'm asking you this, that if you want to give your heart to Jesus to where you know if you were to die today, which tomorrow is not promised to us. God, we hear guys, we hear of people passing all the time around us. Man, they were just too young. It's just man. It was just boy, that's such a tragedy. You know, they had so much more life in them and, and, and so much more life to give. And I'm just saying this, that, that if you haven't received Christ, you do it by repenting of your sins and you do it by asking Him to be your Lord. Be your boss. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. He's not asking for your money. He's not asking for your time. He's asking right now, simply, will you receive him? All the other stuff takes care of itself. It always takes care of itself. 
But I'm asking you, if you're here and you want to know that you're saved because you want to pray that prayer with me today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, listen, can I just talk to you for a second? There is no reason at all to be afraid right now. If, if the person next to you is not raising their hand, that means that they raised it some other time. So go ahead and just raise your hand real quick if you want to receive the Lord. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. So good. So listen, my second question is, is for people that, come on, you, you know the Lord, you've walked with God, but maybe God hasn't been a priority. And listen, He is a jealous God. He is jealous. That means that he doesn't want he doesn't play second fiddle to anybody. And if you're just like, I haven't made him a priority and I need to make him a priority. And today, as for me and my house, I'm repenting of my sins and I'm asking God to be that number one seat in my life again. If that's you, I want you also to raise your hand just real quick. Awesome. Thank you so much. All over the place. God bless you guys. Thank you guys. Best decision you can make. No question. Up top. I saw you up there. Jesus loves you. Jesus absolutely loves you. Nothing he wouldn't do for you. And I know this, that as you begin to trust him, you're going you're to see the hand of God just move in your life. Amen? So listen, I'm going to ask us all to pray. Stand up. Please stand to your, your feet. I want you to make this prayer. I, I believe this wholeheartedly, that there's some folks that... that you just weren't ready to raise a hand, but in your heart, you're saying, you know what? I was raising my hand, and I want you to know that you can say this prayer, and it's just as powerful and as effective for you. But I want you to make this prayer today your own. I'm going to kind of lead you in it, but I want you to personalize it and make it your own. And then we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to eat. Well, you're going to go eat, and I'm going to go eat. We're not going to eat together, but we're going to have a good Easter Easter dinner. How many of you are ready for a good Easter dinner or something? Woo! Thank you, Jesus, for Easter dinner. Are you ready to pray? Make this your own. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you also for raising again on the third day. Changing my life. Forgiving me of my sins. Inviting me to play a part in your family. I receive you, Jesus. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me, Lord, to do what you've called me to do. And change me to be who you've called me to be. I want you to know, Lord, that I love you. And I believe in you. And I receive you in Jesus' name today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you're online and you've also prayed that prayer. I want you to just let us know that you've prayed that prayer. And anybody that's prayed that prayer here this morning, there's a number on the screen. This is a way that I can come alongside of you if you'll text that number with that information. We're going to make sure you got a Bible. We're going to make sure that you understand what baptism's all about. 
We're going to make sure that you have everything that you need to live an amazing life and that you do it not alone and by yourself. Amen. God bless you. We love you so much. And thank you for being a part of this. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.